0: I'm a friend of the show, Simon fisher Becker, and you're listening to Travelling the Vortex. Travelling the Vortex. Side trip. everybody this is Chrissy for the third time for Salt Lake Comic Con and Traveling the Vortex. Well it is Friday evening and I just made it back home after a very eventful day. Um, I was just making some notes before I sat down to record and on paper it doesn't look like I did a lot but in reality there was a lot. Today was my big panel day. I, I planned to do some panels today and it was a little bit different, well, it was a lot different from yesterday where yesterday I was there for work and I, you know, I, I was just waved in by everybody because I had a vendor badge. Um, but this this time I just had my measly general admission wristband and things were very much different. So today um, I would planned to take the train up to downtown so I wouldn't have to negotiate parking and whatnot. so I got there a little bit early, got some lunch, and then I headed over to the convention center, and they they would let general admission people in at noon, VIP ticket holders um, were let in at 11 in the morning, so they got to be there a little bit earlier than the rest of us, but I thought it was okay because VIP tickets were 150 bucks. I will come back to this later, so hold that. Hold on to that thought while I talk about the rest of this. Rest of this stuff. So I get out. I get up there to the convention center, and there's a line waiting for uh, just people with the general admission to get in. And I was. I, I met some people in line. I met this family from. They came down from Twin Falls, Idaho, and the dad was dressed as the Fourth Doctor. And I said, "Hey, that's a really cool, cool cosplay." And I had on my T-shirt. Uh, that I got at Galley. It was the the fiftieth anniversary T-shirt with all the Doctors um, around the TARDIS, and and he and so he and and I also had on my fifth Doctor hat, which I put my celery pin on it just to be cute, and 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 this dad looks at me. He's like, "Oh yeah, Doctor Who. That's awesome." So and, and he was like, "I can't stand all these fans." No, he didn't say I can't stand. He said, "I can't." I, you know, there's so many fans nowadays that think that <laughs> Doctor Who started with Destro and I kind of looked at him for a second I'm like, who's Destro? and he had to explain it to me I don't get G.I. Joe, I'm sorry I know the Vortex boys will get that and they'll probably be yelling at me like how do you not know who Destro is? but it was kind of a funny moment so uh, we, I finally got in there and I was trying to figure out where all the panels were there was one I wanted to go to uh, it was the it was the hobbit the destillation of smaug and i found out that's how you say it you're you're supposed to pronounce it in the panel but i'll get to that in a minute i wanted to get, and it, they had the people from the one which is a lord of the rings fan site and they kind of teamed up with weta workshop to do a little panel to do have an unofficial sneak peek of of the second hobbit movie so i went to go find the line to to get in for that panel and i also got a text from a friend of mine who i was going to meet meet at the meet at the con, and she said, oh, and I, she asked where I was. I said I was in line for, for this panel, uh, which actually didn't start until 1. I got in there about maybe 10 after 12. And she goes, oh, that would be a panel I'd like to see. So I was like, well, come, come stand in line with me. And I I'd just barely gotten in line, so it hadn't been very long. Well, the, the way this worked, there were two lines for every panel. There was the VIP line, and then there was a the general admission panel or line. And then, and the VIPs, they would let them in first. In even if, so so you could be in the general admission line, and this is kind of a revelation to me. Probably, excuse me, this is probably something that happens at all cons. I didn't know this. I'm I'm on the learning curve. But if all the VIPs get to go in first, even if you know you're running in and you're three minute, you know, maybe maybe thirty seconds before the panel starts, you are still let in, even before all the people in general admission um, get to go in. And so I was like, and we were kind of worried that we wouldn't get, we wouldn't get let in. So, but what we did, we did. And there was actually a big chunk in the middle, which kind of surprised me. A big chunk in the middle of the room of of empty seats. And I guess they were directing people. So even though I was general admission, or as I started to call it throughout the day, the poor schlub uh, ticket holder (laughs) throughout the day. Um, we we still got I, I got an aisle seat, so I got some pretty good pictures of of the panel and this was a really this this one it was a really cool panel uh one of the guys from the one ring dot net and I wish I could remember his name I apologize for that because uh, he actually got down got to go down to New zealand to do um to to take some pictures and to interview some people and about all the movies and he's he 's been down there he 's kind of one of these behind the scenes guys. He, hasn't, he didn't really do the stuff for the extended edition DVDs, but he, he, he was kind of putting together an unofficial documentary, and he's hoping that Warner Brothers will let him release it. So I guess there's still some negotiating with that. So they had a whole slideshow, and they were going to talk about all the... Not not everything that's coming up in the movie because there are certain things they couldn't talk about. Um, I'm just thinking of Sylvester McCoy at Galley when, when people were asking him about the, being in The Hobbit. And he's like, oh, I can talk about the first movie all I want. But then this next two, couldn't talk about it at all. And you know he, he was kind of made it a little bit of a joke, which was fun. Um, but these guys, they had some really neat pictures, a really neat slideshow. Um, they were talking about how the special effects were going on right now. I actually took notes in this panel, so you should be proud of me. I, this is the only one I got I could take notes for or that I got to or thought about it. Um, the, the special effects stuff is going on right now um, with Weta Digital, which I get I found out was different than Weta Workshop. Uh, cuz Weta Workshop were, were the people that had the exhibit at the con. Uh, but they're they're the ones that build all the all the props and and weapons and costumes and prosthetics and stuff. But Weta Digital is who do uh, who does the the special effects? So they were talking about uh, let's see who else. they were talking about the extended edition, and this is kind of a big deal. So I thought I would pass this along. And they were they were really stressing this is if the extended edition for for the first for for, for an unexpected journey does well, um, this one's going to have like 15 hours of, of special features. I think is what they said. And if it does well, then they will get the same treatment for the next two Hobbit movies. But if it doesn't, because Warner Brothers are kind of like, ah, we don't know if we really want to do it this way, blah, blah, blah. Um, But if it does well, if a lot of people buy it, then they they will release the next two extended editions that way. If not, the quote-unquote extended edition will only have two hours of of special features so if you are a hobbit fan and you want and you like the extended editions that they do I own all the Lord of the Rings extended editions and I love them I don't get to watch them very often because it is a commitment but I love I love the DVDs they are fabulous I love all the stuff Peter Jackson does I mean I know he catches a lot of flack for being kind of over the top or whatever and people are like "Ah, oh, this and this guy again but no, he does a fantastic job and and a workshop and Weta Digital, all of them, the whole and I, I want to see those extended editions because the behind the scenes stuff is just really cool. So so that that's your PSA. Go out and buy the Hobbit extended edition if that is something that appeals to you. Um and then this and then this was funny because the OneRing.net guys they had their they had their whole panel planned out. And then Manu Bennett came in. And Manu Bennett, if you don't know, he is the guy who played Azog the White Warg. And so he's so that I finally got an explanation of why that model of of the of the orc or the warg or whatever he is. Or no, he's a orc. Oh gosh. I'm sorry. Why did I write down Warg? Sorry. Um, well, where was I going with that? Sorry. Anyway, so so I got an explanation of why that particular model had got was sold out because he was going to be there to sign the the models or the the, the So I guess that's why all of them sold out, even though they were like buku bucks. Um, so he was talking about getting the part of Azog, and when they showed, he said when he showed, they showed him the the initial um, concept design for Azog. He thought it looked like Jaws, <laughs> so he went and he he went and he saw he watched Jaws and just to kind of get the idea of mimicking the shark's movements the way Azog. Uh, moves, I guess. So, and then he was talking, talking about writing a worg, but in his in his New Zealand accent, it's wog. I, I'm sorry, I slaughtered it, but it was sounded kind of funny, and I couldn't help but giggle every time he said it that way. So so he's talking about how he had to do motion capture for all for a lot of his scenes uh, and he's talking about how peter jackson directs him he's like okay now gandalf is throwing pine cones at you oh and here comes thor and he's coming to you know to fight you and and all these different things so it was a it was a lot of fun i'm kind of hope i hope some of that stuff gets on the extended edition i'm sure it will um some of that behind the scenes stuff and then Part then another so so Manu Bennett talked for a few for a little while and then one of the One Ring dot net guys texted William Kersher, who was there. Um he plays Biffer the Dwarf and he, he was at the con he was at the he was at the convention too and I saw him sneak in the side and I like quick got a picture with my phone. Just he was just kind of standing there looking around and then they all said, And there's you know, William Kersher and he got a big, big big round of applause and that was really cool. And and he talked about uh so so and so Manu Bennett had to leave and then William was there talking about how there was always these there there were always cameras everywhere when they were filming cuz they had the cameras that were actually filming the movie and then there were the behind the scenes people who were putting the stuff together for the extended editions which I'm hoping we get to see so so, uh, but, but 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 it was funny. He talked about he's like we drew the line at letting them in the dressing room. They cannot come in the dressing room, which you can kind of understand that. But that was kind of it was kind of a funny story, uh, the way he told it. And and in addition to playing Biffer, William Kersher also plays uh, Tom the Troll, and so he had to do he had to do some he had to do some motion capture for that. And so in special effects, I guess Peter Jackson thought it would be funny to have. To have the the guy uh, to have the trolls fighting the dwarfs and have it be like the same the same actor playing both so tom the troll is fighting biffer the dwarf in the movie and so i'm i want to go back and watch that movie and and see if i can catch that because it's kind of cool and it was funny because biffer doesn't have a whole lot of lines is what william was saying but he said that it's more and when he does speak, you know the dwarves—they're the good guys—and so they kind of have this dignified sort of way of speaking and, and, and handling themselves, and you know, and holding themselves, carrying themselves. This sounds horrible. I'm sorry, but, they, but th- this way, this bearing—that's what I'm trying to say—is—is is they have this this dignified bearing, sort of. Even though Biffers the one with the with a piece of the axe in his head. I should have mentioned that. Um, but but with the trolls, he, uh, William said he could kind of be kind of you know gross and disgusting and they came up with all these lines like you know spitting you know, you know blowing snot into the soup and he goes oh that's a floater <laughs> and it was and that the, and he did the voice in the in the panel so it was really neat and so he talked for a while and then he had to go and by this time there were probably like there's probably like 20 minutes left of the panel so the OneRing.net guys uh, really they had to they had to scale back their what they had planned to say but they were like, we're sorry about that. We're like, no, no, we want, you know, the guests are cool to ha- come in and and do that. So I think we, we would rather have, have the guests come in and say, even though, I mean, the the One Ring guys, well, they were great. I, I loved talking, you know, because they had some great information. Um, I'm trying to see what else I have in my notes here. So they talked about uh, the premiere is going to be next, or in November. It's going to be at the end of November in L.A. And... Let's see. So They talked about uh, meeting Ian McKellen, and they were talking about uh, doing pickups. And Ian McKellen was always was always like, "Oh, it never ends," because they do ten weeks of pickups for these movies because they're so huge. Um, they talked about Toriel, who is the new dwar- or elf girl that they that they've created. And it's kind of interesting because if you read the the Hobbit books, you know or the the Hobbit, there is always this animosity between the elves and the dwarves. And so Legolas and Thranduil um, are as as elves in The Hobbit. They're kind of oh, we don't like dwarves. But Toriel is she's kind of a younger, more like like a rising generation type of elf. Like she's and so she has kind of a different attitude toward it. So it's going to 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 create a, a new dynamic for for the elves. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, Let's see what else is there. Oh, Stephen Fry plays the Master of Lake Town in the movie, which was originally going to go to William Kersher, but they decided to to have him be um, Biffer instead. So he talked about you know losing out on a part to Stephen Fry, <laughs> but it was kind of, it was kind of funny. He's like, I lost out on that part, but I'm the I'm the dwarf. I'm like, so I'm one of the leads, which was neat. Um, let's see, and oh, and this is another important thing they said about the Hobbit is it is there they said if you go if you read the hobbit novel and you go into the movie expecting a a straight a, a perfectly straight adaptation you are going to be disappointed and and i kind of knew this already because i've seen the first movie but they said this is this is not the hobbit straight from the book it is the it is the hobbit plus a bunch of pages from the appendices plus a few um a, a, a few throw-ins from for a few original characters and and, and ideas it's not. I mean, it's not supposed to be a straight adaptation, and it, it's supposed to be more of a, like a celebration of of Tolkien's work and a more a greater exploration of this world that he created, and being able to do that with with film and and all these different effects and things. Which I, I appreciated that they that they acknowledged that, and 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 the guys from the dot said, you know, if you want to come fight me about it, I'm at the booth, or you, know, you want to come argue with me about it, I'm at the booth such and such whatever because they were with weta workshop and come come talk to me about it and we'll we'll discuss it we'll have it out so that was kind of that was kind of funny uh and then one more comment when they were talking about smaug and it is smaug which it's not smog uh, they, they're talking about some linguistic thing but it's sort of like sauron is not it's not sauron it's sauron so he's smaug so it's kind of that same that same um Int- intonation that that same sound, so they were talking about how he's played by Benedict Cumberbatch, and and they 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 said, and he's also in every every other movie at a theater near you. So we all laughed about that. So anyway, that panel was was fantastic. I enjoyed it very much. I'm a big fan of of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, so I'm looking forward to seeing that movie. And and I, I was it was really neat to have have these guys come and 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 do this for us. And they were talking about more about how. Um, they they tried to get Weta Workshop to go to Dragon Con last week, but they were like, Oh, it's too far away but Salt Lake is just is just beyond San Diego. So I, I I talked about that in my last update, how this is the first North American convention that Weta Workshop has been to that isn't San Diego. So that was it was a real honor to have them and I'm really glad that they that they could make it. So uh just kind of moving down my, my day, the next thing we wanted to do was at three o'clock so, so we got out we got out of of the Hobbit at two and at three o'clock there was going to be a power Rangers panel with um, Serena Vincent David Yost and Walter Jones and my friend and I both wanted to go to that but we were like trying to decide what to do and and this panel was in the main center stage area so this is a big ballroom area and there's a stage up and and we went down there to kind of see if there was a line forming yet well the panel before this was Ray Park who played Darth Maul in in The Phantom Menace and there were a lot of and and the doors were open and the panel was going on And we could look in, and there were chairs, and there were some volunteers standing by the door, and the volunteers here were, like, very toe-the-line, follow-the-rules, everything, and we were just kind of poking our heads in, and some volunteers were standing at the door, and we are like, can we go in? And this one kid was like, well, duh, of course you can go in. So we did, and we kind of sat off the side and in the back, and I was really impressed by Ray Park. I did not expect to be, because... I mean, he's he's Darth Maul. I mean, it, that's, that is pretty cool. But I I forgot he was also Toad in the X Men. So he talked a lot about that. But he is a really funny guy. Like he was talking about all these different things. And hold on a second while I pull up my my Twitter feed because I actually tweeted this one. I did not take notes. I don't know why. I think it was just oh I'm in this room. It's dark. Uh, it'll be easier for me to tweet. Uh, but he was he was just so he was very cool, very very neat with all the all the fans and. When I've watched panels from San Diego Comic-Con and they have the fans come up, I always cringe a little because there's always a handful of that type of fan who says kind of the most cringeworthy things and I'm just like, oh, I'm not with you <laughs> at all. I'm like, don't judge me by that person. So I was kind of... I'm always kind of scared of of hearing the, the, the questions, the Q&A part, but the, the, the fans there were pretty were pretty neat. Uh, they, they asked some really good questions. Um, I'm just going through my Twitter feed. Oh, um, so Ray Park, he was 22 when he played Darth Maul, which I did not know that. And so I, I remember thinking, you know, of all the of all the actors in the prequel, of the Star Wars prequels, which I like them well enough for a few things. They're not great. Um, they're, they're not my favorite, absolute favorite thing. But, I mean, there are a few parts that are pretty good. So so you know and you know the kid who plays anakin is horrible young anakin is is horrible and hayden christensen is kind of wooden but i'm kind of a a friend of mine um we kind of discussed it we're like uh i think it's down to george's directing (laughs) or whatever george lucas just did not do those very well i'm sure with the right direction they could do okay but um but ray park i'm like wow that was one casting decision george lucas got right (laughs) so that was so that was really cool um and then he was talking about how he would be in he would be going like to the store somewhere and he would see kids with, with a Darth Maul backpack or a lunchbox or something and he would he would want to go up to them and be like, Hey, you know, that's me, but because he's under all the makeup and, and stuff, they wouldn't recognize him and so he but but then he kinda of was like he's like when I first started having kids that was that would the coolest thing was was, um, being able to buy them their, their backpack and their lunchbox, and, and so, uh, I guess his son recently started kindergarten or, or whatever, um, is comparable over in the UK, recently started school, and it was, it was just the biggest joy for him to go buy Superman and, and, and Avengers and Batman lunchboxes and, and, and backpacks for him, because that was just the biggest thrill of, of, and it was so funny listening to him talk all about that. Um, Oh, and then another girl, this was funny, another girl went up to, to ask a question, or she she mostly made a comment. She just said, I wanted to say, when I was a little girl, you gave me nightmares for a year. And, and that started on another, another story uh, with Ray and his kids um, when he was... When he was uh, putting together a portfolio, and his daughter was just a baby, and he was putting together his acting portfolio, and he had a picture of Darth Maul, and he was kind of putting it together, and his daughter was right there, his wife was was taking care of the baby, and his daughter had, grab, got hold of a picture of Darth Maul and saw the picture, and this you know she was like just a little tiny baby, and she just started screaming and like oh ah, my gosh, and and he and he said that I always remember that, and he's like I don't really want to play scary scary roles very much even though he's he's played other scary roles i guess it recently so he's like i want to be one of the good guys so i guess um i haven't seen him in gi joe but they talked about that being uh snake eyes i think was the character i don't remember if he's a good guy oh wait yeah he did say he was a good guy so that was kind of like he wanted to play a good guy for his kids And, and, and another another funny comment was when I guess he and his son were watching Star Wars, and they, and his dad said, "Yeah, that's me, the Darth Maul." He's like, "Daddy, why are you playing a bad guy?" And that kind of the way he told it, it kind of broke your heart. So, but it was—I mean, he was really—he was really sweet. He was talking about um like being um, into martial arts and all the martial, getting into martial arts because he watched Jackie Chan movies, and then he also got into—he's kind of learning how to do the physicality of acting. So he reference charlie chaplin and he was like you probably none of you probably know who charlie chaplin is go google him and that was kind of funny so at the end of the ray park panel oh he also had a bunch of kids come up and he showed them some some martial arts moves which was a really really neat thing um for like the last 10 minutes. So we were just sitting down there and the Power Rangers panel was next. So the the guy who was moderating uh, w- or was interviewing Ray Park got up and said, you know, thank you for coming to, to the Ray Park panel. The Power Rangers panel is next. You can, if, if you want to, you're welcome to stay in this room. Just move to the center so other so people who are coming in can, you know, sit on the sides and the back and everything. So we're like, oh, cool, they're going to let us stay here because we thought we're, they were going to kick us out. So we go to move, uh, most people are leaving. So the, um so we go to move into the center and we were we were in pretty good seats like we were kind of there was the vip um the place for the vip ticket holders so we knew not to go up there but we we were like a couple rows back from that so we're just sitting there with some other people and here comes some volunteers and they're saying you have to leave and we're like well they told us we could stay they said it for, and they're like who told you that well, the, the guy up there, the guy running the panel on stage with the mic, he said, you are welcome to stay in here. You're welcome to stay in here for the next panel. And the, the, these, this lady was just like, no, you need to leave. You need to go and be- get back in line. And we were just like, OK. So I'm like, well, maybe did, did somebody not did, did somebody not communicate this very well? so we're kind of kind of wondering about this so we go back we go back in line and we, we know we're going to get in because this is a big it, it's a big the big ballroom so yeah we'll get in we'll just probably be at the back funny thing is we got in and we were in we were in basically the same seats we'd been sitting in before we got kicked out just a few row a few seats down but we were on the same row but we were just down the row a little ways and we we're just like oh geez these people so so anyway so uh, um, I'll get back to the Power Rangers panel because I have another point I need to make about this. So after the Power Rangers panel, uh, which was great and I'll get to it in a minute, they the moderator came back up and said the exact same thing, said, you're welcome to stay for the Battlestar Galactica panel, and I was just like, no we're not, and I actually got on Twitter right after and I was like, if you're in the main stage room and they tell you that you can, that you can stay, they are lying to you, they will come around and kick you out and and it was funny because it's it was the exact same the exact same wording when they said you are welcome to stay for the next panel um it was exact you know the and it, and I think it was actually the same guy who came up and told us you are you can stay in the next in the next panel but then the volunteers were starting to you know clearing everybody out of the room which I think they really need to work on that because that was someone needs to get their rules straight and what what they're going to allow people to do so that, I, as well as this convention has been run, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, it's a first year, so I'm letting, I'm, I'm willing to let a lot of things slide, but you do not need, you cannot say, stand up there at the front and say, say one thing and then have your staff uh, tell people another, and and the staff were actually kind of kind of rude about it. I was not impressed by that. So, anyway, enough with the negative. Um, we're going to, uh, um, about the Power Rangers panel, and I, I was going to tweet, I was going to take notes, I couldn't do it. But there was just no way I was just I was just sitting up there glued to to what was going on upstage so it um the the panel was it was moderated by someone from a podcast, but I didn't catch it, and she really wasn't that good anyway. sorry, but um she was like, "I'm so nervous, I'm like, oh, why can't we get the other guy in here <laughs> to do this um but they had uh Serena Vincent who I can't remember which which power Rangers series she's from it's a, a more recent one. Uh, but her character sounds really cool, so I kind of want to check that one out. So she was up there, and then the the two I knew the best were, were Walter Jones and David Yost. They were the two two of the original Power Rangers when when the show first started, you know, twenty years ago. And they were just they were fantastic. Walter Jones is a hoot. He was just cracking jokes left and right, and and even when um, they started, the, the most of the panel was just fans coming up and asking questions, and and there were some kind of awkward questions like i knew kind of knew there would be and i was kind of like oh boy but walter would just he would he would just say something funny or you know kind of deflect it or just make it into something really cool and, and have have different stories that they were talking about and um there was one there was a, a few questions that i remember were really good i should have wrote these down now that i'm sitting here but um one of them was was, you know, if they'd taken anything from the set or if they were allowed to, and, like any of the suits or the helmets or the, the morphers or anything. Um, Serena said she didn't get to. Uh, Walter said he, I he think, I think he took, like, a communicator, uh, wristband or something, but David's was funny because he was actually in the movie, in, in the first movie, and he said, well my ninja suit accidentally made it into my suitcase and we all laughed at that and he said it's still hanging up in my closet I haven't put it on since but I I was like yeah that was cool it was really cool because it was funny because Walter was he was he was he was the comedic he was funny he he was telling jokes and stuff and David was sort of more you know the the, the straight guy wasn't he was real serious and he he was very gracious like he would every time someone came up to 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 ask a question no matter how silly or how serious it was David would always say thank you for for asking your question or thank you for your question which I thought was really cool, um, but they 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 were so so David would also was also talking about how they had a, a a live event when when power Rangers was first getting started they had asked the the cast to come for to do a live show or a live event at, at universal Studios it would just be one event and they agreed to do that but then the day of like the the day of the thing like the whole park was packed like you they they'd shut down the highway coming in and the and the Universal Studios was pretty much closed down, because, and they ended up doing eight events instead of just the one, and it was, and when Walter talked about that too, he was like, it was like being a rock star, I didn't realize how big this had gotten, and I was just like, that is so neat, and all the, and all those things, and so, oh, I'm just, oh my gosh, it was just, it was, the, the whole thing was just so cool, and they were talking, there was one question, another one I really liked, um, from, from, a one girl asked if because there because there's been several several different series of power rangers since since the original and they said if you could be in any other power ranger series other than one you were in which one would it be and serena was like she was kind of quiet through it well she she answered questions but she was she was like oh i know the answer to this one i would be with these two i would be in that original group and and david and walter we're like well i don't think i'd be in any other one because we were the originals <laughs> which i'm like yeah, that's pretty cool um and they they kind of and they and i guess there were plans to do at one point there were plans to do a 20 20 year reunion show and try to get as many of the original cast or even people who've been in the show since and do a big a big show um i don't know if it'd be like a like like the firefly reunion show or or an actual like special like a special episode but i guess there was some red tape that they couldn't do it um with the unions and stuff i can't there, there was a lot of technical stuff going into that but they were just like yeah we really wanted to but we couldn't and you know there was there was just some some things with that going on but they're like it's not it's not anything to do with you guys the fans are great i mean and they were they were talking about how they would have a lot of people come they, they go to conventions and people would come and tell them you know, I watched this show since I was a little kid, and, and and it was a great part of my childhood. I mean, and I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I haven't watched it as much since, since I was in middle school, but now I kind of want to go back and watch the movie, or, or watch those original episodes, or even find the newer ones, and, and check them out. And and that kind of thing, so it was just it was just kind of fun, they were, and they were very complimentary to the fans, very, very sweet, I, I was so, I was so glad that I got to get into that panel, and, and see those guys, because, like I said, it's like, this is my childhood, it, it was, it was amazing, and, and I loved, I loved all of it, the whole, the whole thing, and I just, I wish I could, I, I'm really kicking myself now, because I didn't take very good notes, and I know there was at least one line, where, um, uh, Walter was saying something. He was joking around, and then David just come in and deadpan with something. Because, like I said, he'd been the straight guy through this whole thing, and he wasn't really, you know, say, as you know, being being real goofy or anything. But he just kind of came in and just deadpan this one little line, and we all laughed. and And Walter kind of took it in stride because that's kind of you can tell these guys are still friends even after all these years and uh, and all the and all that stuff. And it was it was so cool just being in there. So so that was that was the main ballroom. Uh, that panel, those panels, and like I said, at that, so, so those guys were great, um, trying to think what else, Going, just going down the line, well then, so that was it, that ended at four, that was from three to four, and then there was another panel that was going to be talking about the Avengers and (coughs) X-Men, sorry, I need a cough button, I apologize for that, um, about Avengers and X-Men, Avengers and X Men, the Marvel comics, and we, so my friend and I were going to go stand in line for that. Well, by this time, my phone is kind of dying, so I. But we go get in line, and 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 we're we're there pretty early for for being in line, and so and and just a just up in front of me, I see there's a there's an outlet. And I can go charge my phone, but I have to stand by it because you know the cord's not very long. But it's okay because I I was in line, then I just kind of people saw me. I was like, is it okay if I go over? Oh yeah, sure. So then I got talking to some Doctor Who fans uh, while we were waiting in line for that, and we talked a lot about um, just you know just random different things with Doctor Who. And I passed out some more cards, so yay! Might be able to have some more listeners Traveling the Vortex. Let's hope. Um, if you're if you're new to the, if you're new and you're listening, hi! I'm I'm silly. I'm just me. I'm not here on the podcast all the time. I'm just a listener sending in um, special feedback <laughs> or a report. So anyway, so I was talking to the to these fans, and we got talking about. Um, I, I was telling them about Gallifrey. I was talking to them about um, just we we're just talking about classic Who and talking about you know, the different doctors and and, and Peter Capaldi and. And what the there's one guy who was dressed as the eleventh doctor, and he's like, yeah, I want to see how he how he goes. And I asked him, well, did you see the the special where they announced him? And so I kind of told him about about that, and about how he came out with his you know doing the the Hartnell lapel thing. And he was like, oh my gosh, no way, because he hadn't seen it. And. And he was like, "Okay, I feel a lot better about this guy now." And I talk about how P- Capaldi had been a f- fan since he was a kid. I'm like, "This guy is going to be David Tennant on steroids." I am not even kidding. So he was like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is going to be great then." So I had him convinced, sort of, by the time we were done. So my phone charged up a little bit, and it was getting to be close to when they were going to start letting us in. All this time, the VIP line is 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 getting longer and longer and going down the hall, and like, I said, and we're in general admission. And I'm looking at him like, are we even going to get in here? Because this is in one of the smaller panel rooms. Like, well, maybe. Because we were, we weren't, we were maybe like fifteen, twenty back. So, um, so we were, we were doing that, and then, and then, and then they started letting in the VIPs, and they let in all the VIPs. They let in five general admission people, and we were just like okay, well, I guess we're not going to do that. So I think you're going to have to do something about these lines and the VIP tickets and things because, um, yeah, a lot of us, because, and, and I guess that's just the nature of the beast, but there were some really ticked off people after that, so we didn't get into the Marvel panel. But I still got to talk to some people, so I, w- I-, I was okay with it, even though a lot of people were just like, there was one guy who was just cussing up a storm, and like I'm going this way, so we went. So and this, so I went and back to the vendors, the vendors hall, spent some time in there. I got a really neat poster of all the of all the doctors of for the it was the fiftieth anniversary. Um, I'll have, to, I'll have to post a picture of it. It's really cool, but I got that, and then I I just kind of was wandering around. My friend had left by this time; she had to go meet some other people, and I'm just wandering around, and then I found this other booth that had a ton of Doctor Who stuff. And I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money but I was just looking around. They actually had some big finish CDs and, and different things that they didn't have anything I saw that I wanted. But then I got to the back and they had a stack of Doctor Who magazines or of issues of Doctor Who magazine. So I started looking through and flipping through and flipping through seeing what they had. And then I flipped through and I, I posted on this on my Instagram. I found a I found I found that it was a recent issue of Doctor Who magazine had a an interview with real with william russell and had a cover on the cover was ian chesterton and i was like oh my gosh because i love ian it's awesome so i found that um i went uh and, and then they then i was I, I was just starting to get tired and like i better head home because there's a storm rolling in and 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 all that stuff and and so and then right right when i was getting ready to leave they're like all doctor who fans or doctor who cosplayers doctor who fans give it you know Let's give it up for Doctor Who. And we all cheer like, yay! And, like, okay, well, Doctor Who cosplayers, if, you're, if your cosplay is from Doctor Who, then come to the TARDIS and we want to get a group shot of you. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be a lot of people. They're like, well, that'll be a cool picture. Good photo opportunity. So I went and I, I just took some pictures around there. There were a ton of people. Uh, most of the cosplayers, I haven't talked much about Doctor Who cosplay on, this, on these yet, but most of them I've seen have been either 10 or 11. Uh, I've seen a lot of Amy's. I've seen... Uh, some, a few Daleks, Weeping Angels, and there was some silence in the, in, in the group shot there, um, a lot of TARDIS dresses, I haven't seen a lot of classic Doctors, if I have seen them, they have been, it's been Tom Baker, pretty much, I did see, but I did, I did find one second Doctor, one girl dressed up as a second Doctor, and then there was a guy dressed up as a seventh Doctor, so there was a Trouton and a McCoy, um, and I got, I got, I got pictures of the girl dressed as dressed as the Troughton doctor, but I couldn't get the guy who was dressed as McCoy because he was heading off quick in the other direction. But it was it was really cool. So it's been it's been a very full day, a very long day, um, a second day of the convention, and tomorrow's going to be huge because this place has been packed both days and Saturday. They're they're expecting a lot of people. They said that they are the final tally is probably going to be over sixty thousand, and they said that that for a first year con that has broken it's broken records for it being a first year con is in terms so they were saying, you know, we're the we're one of the biggest cons in the nation, or the fourth largest convention in the nation as of right now. So that's pretty that's pretty incredible. Um they do have a lot of things they need to work out for next year. I I will admit, but I will I'll fill out the uh, feedback form when that becomes available. Whenever that, whenever that happens, whenever they send a, a survey around, and and I even told people because there were people getting really mad about certain things. I was like, look, when it comes around, it's a first year convention. When it when they ask for feedback, tell them in the feedback. Don't get mad right now and ruin your experience. Just go and do that. You know, don't don't get so angry and upset. But it, it's been a really good experience so far and i've got one more day of convention i will I, I will definitely be talking about that then until tomorrow um i've got now I, i'm kind of excited now cuz i got home in time to do friday night who we're doing closing time oh no wait yeah laundry and closing time tonight so i'm i'm excited for this i didn't rush home just for you guys though i i was exhausted and there wasn't anything else i wanted to do that going on there but it's a nice perk. So I'm going to go get some dinner And while I send this off. And I, until until tomorrow, this is Chrissy for Traveling the Vortex with my, my next... Fr- okay, I'm going to try that again. This is Chrissy from, with Traveling the Vortex signing off from Salt Lake Comic Con and Day 2. And I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye! <laughs>